1: These episodes will cover content with experts in their field on the topic of oral contraceptives which are prescribed medications. This content is general information only and is not a substitute for individual medical advice. Always seek the guidance of your doctor with any questions you may have regarding your health or a medical condition. Hi and welcome to our four-part mini-series. We're going to be talking about the pill, which I'm sure you would have heard in our little medical disclaimer. But I do just wanna reiterate that if you have any concerns around being on or off the pill, please seek advice from your doctor. This series is just designed to be a casual chat between me and a few experts. So you'll be hearing from a GP, a dermatologist, a naturopath, and an endocrinologist. We wanted to cover all angles with this series. And I think that's really important to look at something like this very holistically. But obviously, seeing your doctor is also a very important part of this puzzle as well. So we just wanted to give you the information. We had so many people request more content on coming off the pills since I came off the pill a few months ago. Our very loyal listeners will know that I came off the pill in February of this year. I've had a very good experience so far, Um, nothing negative, just a few little changes here and there, which we'll speak about throughout this little mini-series. I hope you all enjoy this mini-series. Please do reach out to us on the Facebook group if you have any other questions. We can always touch base with our experts and get back to you. But for now, hope you enjoy. All right. So today's our first episode of our Coming Off The Pill slash The Pill mini-series. Today I'm chatting to Dr Prasanthi Purusothaman. sotherman Welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Dr Prasanthi is a general practitioner and also works as a cosmetic doctor. So if you want to go and have a stalk, you can find her on Instagram at Dr Prasanthi Puru. Uh, so let's start with Some basic questions, Dr. Prasanthi. We want to talk about the pill and get into the nitty-gritty. We've got a few different experts joining us, but I thought let's start with the GP so that we can get through the basics, understand the pill a little bit more. So can we start by talking about the pill and how does it work as a contraceptive? Because that's always blown my mind. I'm like, how does a little tiny little pill you take every day stop you from getting pregnant? I don't get it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so when we refer to the pill, we're normally talking about the combined oral contraceptive pill, and it contains two hormones, estrogen and progesterone, and together they work to stop our ovaries from releasing an egg, which is a process known as ovulation, Mm -hmm. and it also thickens the fluid around the cervix, which is the entrance to our womb or our uterus, which prevents the passage of sperm. So it works predominantly by those two ways and it's about 99% effective against pregnancy when used correctly and probably more around 93% with typical use. Mm -hmm. And it's been around since the 1960s. So it's a very popular form of contraception. It's the most popular form of reversible contraception in women under the age of 30. So yeah, there's over 30 registered brands in Australia and over 50 to 80% of women at some point in their life will take the combined oral contraceptive pill.
1: Has it changed at all over the last, what is that, 60 years?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So In the 60s there was a higher dose of estrogen at the time in the pill and obviously we now know that that's associated with some risks um, Mm -hmm. of clots and cancer. So we've brought it down into a much more smaller dose that is still effective against preventing pregnancy and Mm -hmm. we've also got newer progesterones available and they can be used to address a whole range of other conditions such as acne or uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome type symptoms like excess hair Mm -hmm. Um, it can be used for you know premenstrual syndrome as well so yeah it's changed drastically and that's why there's so much variety out there
1: Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned kind of the endo and and PCOS angle, because that was going to be my next question for you. There's like a lot of fear mongering at the moment around the pill. A lot of people are talking about it basically being evil, but as a doctor, I guess I want to get your view. I assume that as a doctor, you probably still see a place for it in medicine, in being beneficial for those people with concerns like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we just have this tendency as consumers in general to fixate on negative things and blow them out of proportion and not understand risk as a relative thing. So yes, the pill is absolutely an essential part of medicine. We use it for contraception regularly, but also for a range of other medical conditions, as I mentioned. So Mm -hmm. there are so many benefits with the pill. So a lot of long-term studies show that compared to non-contraceptive pill users that These women actually have lower rates of death from all causes and some cancers as well, including endometrial and ovarian and bowel cancer. So that's pretty pretty phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It can also be used to obviously manage a range of menstrual conditions, so heavy periods, painful periods. It can improve acne. As I said before, it can help with premenstrual syndrome. It can be used to manage ovarian cysts. So there's lots of uses for the pill and it is absolutely a safe medication for the majority of patients. Mm -hmm. And in PCOS, it is an important drug to use. PCOS is obviously an excess of male hormones, and this is causing a lot of the uncomfortable symptoms that women experience, and the pill helps to regulate those hormones and diminish those symptoms. In acne, it's also controlling testosterone, which is driving that oil production. Um, Estrogen increases something called sex hormone binding globulin and so that actually binds to testosterone and helps to control oil production at the skin level and in endometriosis it's helping to control and regulate the estrogen fluctuations that are driving that endometrial like tissue growth outside of the womb so helping with pain as well so there are many many benefits and I think we need to remember all of those in relation to the risks and weigh them up for each individual patient.
1: So what would you consider if you were prescribing the pill to a patient? Because I know that in my age group, kind of late 20s, early 30s, a lot of us just went on the pill at, you know, 14, 15, 16 and have stayed on it until, you know, our baby-making years, I suppose. So what do you need to consider as the doctor prescribing the pill to someone?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a shame. I think GPs these days, hopefully, I'd like to think, are a little bit more comprehensive and mm-hmm. I like to use the pill conversation as an opportunity to explore a whole bunch of things for women so firstly are you using this for contraception alone or are you using this for some other benefits so if it is for contraception you want to take a sexual health history explore this patient's childbearing wishes like are they planning to have kids in the next couple of years or they're not interested in having kids Are they going to be compliant with the medication? Mm -hmm. Are they someone that's got one sexual partner or several sexual partners? Because that will help you to determine if that's the right fit for the patient firstly. And it's also a good chance to explore preventative health. So is there perhaps more up-to-date? let's explore your breast cancer risk and any screening if relevant bowel cancer screening and risk mm-hmm. we also like to check their blood pressure make sure that's all looking okay before putting them on the pill so there's a whole bunch of things you can do before giving someone the pill to make sure it's the right fit mm-hmm. and then exploring any contraindications to the pill there's lots of different reasons why women can't have the pill mm-hmm. because it poses an unacceptable risk so things like migraine with aura which a lot of women don't know and are on the pill with migraine with aura there's an unacceptable risk of stroke with that i think hayley bieber had something recently i'm not sure if you saw
1: yes yeah
0: yeah i saw that so that was quite interesting i've had to take a lot of women off the pill for that but Mm -hmm. that's one um women with uncontrolled blood pressure if they're smokers if they're breastfeeding um if they're under six weeks you know, post-pregnancy, you shouldn't be giving them the pill. So there's a whole bunch of things we can tick off. Yeah. And then at that stage, if you decide, you know, the pill's the right choice for them, picking the right pill. So we can kind of pick and choose the pill based on the formulation. So the progesterone in the pill can have added benefits. So newer progesterones like cyproterone acetate and drosperinone, which you see in pills like Diane and Yaz, have benefits combating androgenic side effects or male hormone side effects, so acne and excess hair. Drospirenone's also got diuretic benefits for women who tend to bloat and carry a lot of water. And some pills like Zoeli Clara are beneficial for women with PMDD or PMS. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, there's so many things that you can talk about before deciding if that's the right thing. I also like to tell patients about the possible side effects and the risks so that they're across that, like yeah, this is a great medication, but these things can happen. How do you feel about that? So the nausea, the breast tenderness, the headaches, Mm -hmm. mood changes, so that they're not sort of caught off guard if those things happen and they can come and talk to you. Mm -hmm. I think that that's really, really important. And I find that when you do that, patients um, know what's coming or know what to expect. They're not so caught off guard. They then don't kind of blacklist the medication as soon as there's a negative side effect. And that's kind of what happens when there's not enough counseling I think around the medication
1: yeah and since I've gone off it a lot of people have said like oh so what like contraception are you using which is so personal by the way but it's like (laughs) if I'm posting about going off the pill I can kind of expect that question yes but I wanted to ask you what are the alternative non-hormone forms of birth control for those that have gone off the pill or are wanting to go off the pill but still want to use some kind of contraception
0: yeah. Look, some women don't tolerate hormonal contraception and that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. You've got to think about permanent versus reversible. So obviously if you've done with your childbearing years or you're not interested in kids, sterilization or tying ch- your tubes is the most definitive thing. It's really effective. Mm-hmm. But for most of us, like you and I, it's something like a copper IUD is a great choice. Mm-hmm. It's very effective against pregnancy, 99% effective. Then you have more of your barrier methods like condoms, diaphragms, mm-hmm. spermicides, but we don't like to push those for contraception alone because with typical use that tends to drop down into the 80s and 70%. Mm-hmm. So we really want to protect women against pregnancy trying to get that into the, you know, one per 100 patients. But obviously condoms have a place in terms of STI protection. Mm -hmm. Then there's things like fertility-based awareness um, method and withdrawal, which is not recommended. (laughs) Um, It's like Russian roulette, really. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there are options there for women.
1: And what about hormonal options that aren't the pill?
0: Yeah, so we are trying to put women onto longer-acting reversible contraception where appropriate and safe Mm -hmm. just because the risk of falling pregnant is so much lower, the compliance, you don't have to worry about compliance Mm. and you don't have as much of a disruption, say, to your cycle with the marina for some women. You fall pregnant kind of in the next couple of days really if you wanted to.
1: Oh, okay.
0: You have the marina, which is the intrauterine device, the Implanon, also known as the ROD. Yeah. People really like the Nuva ring or the vaginal ring. That's quite popular. Mm -hmm. The Depo-Provera injection or the progesterone Mm injection, which I'm not a super fan of just because I think it mucks around with your cycles. But for some women it's like a great set and forget or if they – don't want their parents to know that they're on contraception. That's a really good option. Mm-hmm. There's the progesterone only pill, which is great for women who still want to take a pill. They're not mm-hmm. sure about the more invasive forms of contraception. That's another option. So, yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of things out there for each. Each woman is different and different women praise different forms of contraception. Yeah. I personally have a marina That's mm-hmm. worked for me. Yeah. That's just been the greatest thing. But I know women who hate the marina, mm-hmm. so it just really stresses the individual um, approach, like every woman is different.
1: And the importance of speaking to your GP or going yeah. to a GP that has a lot of experience in dealing with contraceptives, yeah.
0: Exactly. Trying not to fall subject to hearsay and, like, oh, if your friend's had a bad experience, it, obviously you validate that, but mm. that doesn't mean that you're going to have a bad experience Um talk through those risks with your with your doctor and mm-hmm. see if that's possible for you. And just, yeah, go in fully aware of what's coming.
1: Now, back to the pill or coming off the pill, how long should you expect it to take for your cycle to return to normal? And when should you seek medical advice from your doctor if you've got irregular or missing periods?
0: Yeah, so it is really important to counsel patients appropriately when they're coming off the pill that, you know, you might have some temporary cycle disturbance because you've been taking this external hormone for some time and your body's going to kick back into making that. For some women, it happens immediately and they'll get a period within two to four weeks. Mm. But for some women, it can take up to three months and that's completely normal. Mm-hmm. If at the three month mark, you still haven't had a period, don't stress. Go have a chat to your GP. There's some condition called secondary amenorrhea or secondary causes for a lack of period that may have been masked whilst you're on the pill, such as polycystic ovarian syndrome, thyroid issues raise prolactin and we can determine that with some bloods and some investigations. Mm. If at the six month mark, you've still not had your period and there's no real identifiable cause, there's something called post-pill amenorrhea, so post-pill lack of period. That is something that can be managed as well. But again, important to go see your doctor. They may refer you on to a gynecologist, but mm-hmm. all all manageable. But as I said, most women will revert within that three-month period back into their normal cycle. I've had friends who have come off the pill and just, you know, trying to have a baby, they're like, oh, it won't happen straight away and they've all fallen pregnant in the first, first month. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like <laughs> this idea around infertility and, you know, it's going to affect your capacity to fall pregnant. It's just not based in truth. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I was really concerned when I came off it because a really good friend of mine had not gotten her period back and had a lot of fertility issues. And it wasn't that I was coming off the pill to try and have a baby, Yes, but I just was really hoping that I would have, I guess, a very normal experience coming off it and get my period. And I was very, very lucky got my period straight away, but I was thinking about her experience going, oh my God, if that happens to me, I'm going to be stressing out. So I guess there is that group of people that have a negative experience, but then there's also a whole group of people that have a fine experience as well.
0: Yeah. And I guess, you know, just remembering, I feel like we talk about our negative experiences generally more than our positive experiences. It's just the nature of the human condition. And so this negativity bias starts to happen. And
1: yes, absolutely.
0: It's just important to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, statistically speaking, it's actually more in the favor of return to normal periods.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're all individuals. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So kind of on a a similar note, does it matter how long you're on the pill for and is there an age that we should come off it?
0: There is no risk staying on the pill as long as you need to. And Mm -hmm. really the age you want to come off the pill is from 50 onwards. I personally Mm -hmm. start to have that conversation with my patients from 40 onwards and looking at Mm -hmm. alternative forms of contraception as they're going into the menopausal period to just help with those symptoms as well. So, Mm -hmm. But it's only from 50 onwards that we really try to get women off the pill. Up until that point, there's absolutely no risk staying on the pill as long as you need to. The hormones don't accumulate in your body. They're obviously being excreted. And as I said before, Mm -hmm. lots of evidence to show benefits for women who stay on the pill in terms of lower rates of death from any cause which I think is not talked about enough you're reducing your risk of that endometrial cancer the ovarian cancer and that's all all beneficial yeah as well
1: because I hear a lot of people saying like oh yeah I just wanted to go off the pill to have a bit of a break like is there any reason why you would want to do that
0: yeah no I mean I think your body's probably like having the break whilst you're on the pill you know so yeah I think people think that there's something unnatural about it but it isn't there's no harm done in not having a period and actually there's a lot of benefits for women in staying on the pill yeah as opposed to risks it's just that psychological thing of oh this is not natural and I think people get really Mm -hmm. mind-boggled in that yeah
1: you mentioned earlier about you know people may experience mood changes or any other kind of like I guess, changes from going on the pill. Mm. What kind of changes can people expect when we go on the pill versus off the pill? What kind of symptoms would you expect to encounter?
0: Yeah, they're pretty similar, to be Mm -hmm. be fair. I mean, when you start the pill, we preface with saying your periods might be irregular for the first three months. You may have some spotting. Mm -hmm. You may experience things like headaches, nausea, breast tenderness, bloating, all fun things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, we love that. <laughs> Love all of that. Some women break out. Others find that their skin improves. Mm-hmm. Um, some women do report mood changes and everyone's very different. So some women also say that their sex drive decreases. You might mm-hmm. notice changes to the mucus because obviously you're trying to prevent the passage of sperm. So it's more like that second half of cycle mucus. And More rare, serious side effects, so blood clots, blood pressure changes, liver tumours, but it's much the same coming off as well. Some women report hair loss coming off the pill. There's a condition called telogen effluvium, which sounds like a Harry Potter spell. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) it's essentially um, where your hair follicle enters the shedding phase prematurely. And Mm. the pill is one of the triggers. Stress is a trigger as well. Lots of different things can do that. It's a benign condition that will resolve by itself. So I've heard a lot of women complain about that. Don't worry,
1: guys. We go into that in more detail with Dr. Ryan DeCruz. So (laughs) stay tuned for that.
0: Yeah, amazing. Yeah fantastic i'll be listening to that as well um and the gut stuff so i remember i'm not sure if it was you who was saying that you had gut symptoms coming off the pill was it you joanna i remember was listening to a podcast recently
1: um yeah i actually have felt better since coming off like my digestion has improved since coming off it which is i did not expect that at all
0: interesting so yeah i mean we think about hormones in terms of just our sexual organs but they have receptors all over the body so including the gut so estrogen actually has an effect on slowing down gut motility. So Mm. some women report the constipation when they're on the pill, which is quite interesting. And coming off the pill, they might report Mm. more pain and discomfort if they're having things like IBS. And that's Mm. because estrogen modulates pain. So that's quite interesting as well. Yeah, it's just interesting how our female hormones affect so many different parts of the body. And I guess that's reflected in the types of symptoms that you do experience coming on and off the pill.
1: Yeah, probably the key things for me, I felt that I have more energy at times of my cycle than I normally would. And Mm. I'm experiencing a wider range of emotions than I normally would. Like I kind of realized that being on the pill, is a little bit like flatlined, whereas now if I'm experiencing like happiness, I feel like a prolonged period of happiness as opposed to just like a little spike of like, oh, that's exciting. It's like, I feel like I'm in a better mood um, for a longer period. It's
0: interesting. Yeah, because it's interesting because the the mood stuff with the pill is very contentious there's some studies in favor of yes it does cause changes and others mm-hmm. every woman's different there is a link between some women having a sensitivity to progesterone whether that's an, our natural progesterone or synthetic progesterone that we take mm-hmm. in the pill so it has an effect on our feel-good neurotransmitters GABA and serotonin so mm-hmm. some women are just more sensitive and it can essentially eat up our serotonin more or yeah decrease the amount of GABA so that's why some women report mood changes on the pill and mm-hmm. also just PMS so yeah it's interesting isn't it yeah I think you know obviously in your normal cycle you have fluctuations of those hormones and I think some women prefer to feel that ebb and flow
1: I, I think I'm preferring it because it makes yeah. me feel like I'm not dead I inside
0: was too. <laughs> yeah like even though yeah. I'm like totally out of control before my period i'm like at least i know it's coming my husband would disagree he's like man he's like is
1: your period coming i was like do not ask that question Uh, um so what advice do you usually give your patients who ask you about coming off the pill and do you recommend that you seek the advice of your doctor before coming off it or do you just wing it and decide that you're not going to take it anymore
0: yeah, look, it's up to you. I mean, I personally think that you will have a better experience coming and having a chat to your GP, mm-hmm. even though the process is very simple. You Literally, you can stop the medication. Just having that conversation about, hey, this is what you might expect, mm-hmm. just so that you know what's potentially coming or not coming. Mm-hmm. So I like to sit them down and say, look, you might feel completely fine. You may have some of these symptoms, including skin changes. You might have spotting. You might feel a little bit irritable or tired. Mm-hmm. And I find that safety netting with that really makes women feel good. And then just the open-door policy, I'm like, if you're feeling crap, come and have a chat to me. I'll reassure you. It's going to be fine. Yeah. And then having methods of support Mm -hmm. around them as well, making sure that they're eating well, sleeping, exercising, and that someone in their friend group knows that that's what's happening. So there's good social supports. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, making sure that they're coming onto another form of contraception. So yeah, obviously, if they're still sexually active, you want to prevent pregnancy. So making sure that we're doing that as well mm-hmm. and just discussing, you know, if it is some women who have skin issues, I sometimes put them onto a topical regime before I take them off the pill. And that's not something that's necessarily a guideline, but I just find that it helps them feel like a sense of control of okay this is going to help me when and if my skin does do a little me. so if they're not pregnant i'll put them onto vitamin a and if they are planning pregnancy something like azelaic acid is my choice Mm -hmm. so then yeah it's just all about awareness and that gives women a sense of control and i think that that's the key to to getting them off the medication safely and so that there's no surprises for them
1: Totally. That's actually a really good point because I think part of the fear for me coming off it, and it took me ages because I was like, oh, now's not the right time. Yes. I don't want to you know, start getting acne now. I've got too many things on. I <laughs> yeah. don't want to be worrying about it. And I didn't want to have a negative experience, but I think it was just, I'm a control freak. And so yes, I felt like, oh, I'm putting myself in this situation where I'm going to be out of control of what's happening with my body. So getting all of the information I could was really beneficial to me because I felt like I had some sense of control over the situation.
0: Yeah. And it's probably already stuff, you know, but I think just having a doctor tell you like, yeah, that's going to happen and mm. validating that for you. Yeah. It's really nice and mm. it just makes you feel comfortable and secure yeah. in that process. Yeah
1: great well thank you so much for joining me today it's been a pleasure to chat i'm sure we'll get more questions that roll off this conversation (laughs) we'll touch base with you if we get more questions from our listeners absolutely but thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge with us thanks for having me joanna pleasure thanks everyone for joining us today Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.